Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi guys, welcome back to The Hardline. Um, I'm Lucy and I'm here today with my four guests, all of which... I have to be honest, I've played a very, very small part in my rugby journey and are very, very personal to me. Joining me today is Bree Hill from the Beckenham Rugby Club. She's a women's head coach. Um, I actually played my first ever game with Bree. Um, she allowed an absolute rookie to go on the field that had never played rugby before. And I have to say, supported me through the whole game and at the end came over and gave me the sweetest tap on the shoulder and said, it's okay, it gets better. <laughs> um, so thank you for that. Um, I'm also joined by three guests from Beck Bells, which is a club I play for. So I've got a bit of a variety for you. I've got Matt Barraclough, who's our forwards coach for the Bells. He's also currently playing for the men's first team. So this is his sort of slow introduction. I hope a good introduction into women's coaching. Um, so thank you. Rachel Evans, who joined the Bells at a very, very similar time to me, and having played pretty much a similar amount of rugby, I think, um, and both of us, unfortunately, picking it up in our early 30s. Um, and Millie Rice, who's joined us also from the Bells' backs, not the forwards, <coughs> um, who has a fair bit of experience having played at Loughborough University. So thank you for joining me. Um, we are returning to rugby, which we're all very, very happy about. Matt, do you how do you think that the return's going to look like for the bells over the next couple of months so we essentially going back into it we've got pretty much three full sessions before we get into games so we've got three weeks of full team training and then we're into our first game and um, so that's going to be for a lot of our girls their first taste of rugby ever so mm -hmm. In terms of the return to training for us, it's going to be essentially a kind of whistle-stop tour of rugby mm -hmm. to an extent. So we had a little bit of a chat as coaches the other day, um, and the plans for us is essentially get a basic attack sorted, mm -hmm. basic defence sorted, and then also use this as a time to just really increase people's contact confidence and technique as well. Um and then, yeah, into two matches. So we've got matches on the 2nd of May and the 15th of May. Um, and that for us is just going to be a really, really good opportunity to give people a taste of rugby for the first time. We've, um, I'm sure everyone's been going through it during lockdown. It's the, are you going to be back? Are you not going to be back? People that have never played the game before just really want to get stuck into it. So um, for us, we've got the 2nd and the 15th of May. That's our, our kind of uh, zenith for us uh, of this season. And yeah, we're really looking forward to getting stuck into that. And that's quite a short period of time as well. Have you adapted the training for us moving forward? I noticed the other day there's a couple of few ses extra sessions that have popped up. Yes. Yeah, so um, we obviously have, uh, for those of you who don't know, basically we train as a club on a Monday night. So that's skills and fitness based stuff. And then the girls, so the bells, we train on a Thursday night. So um, what we're going to try and do is maybe get a couple of sessions in um, where it's just the bells um, potentially on a Monday um, but also on Tuesday the 13th of April that's we're going to get a session in there as well but in terms of the the actual session structure um, it's just going to be a little bit quicker a little bit less time probably spent 
uh, transitioning between uh, what we're doing um, and just a lot more time spent actually focusing on what does a match look like and how do we get people ready for playing a game. Um, so probably less of our skill development type training uh, and more match focused stuff. Uh, key focus, which is going to be really interesting um, and quite amusing, I would imagine, for a lot of people is trying to sort of line that out, which is going to be entertaining for us as coaches, but also hopefully for you as players as well. First of all, just getting you confident, lifting each other off the floor and trying not to uh, drop your mates on the red, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. don't worry, Rachel, I've got you. Um, <laughs> Bree, with uh, Beckenham being sort of slightly higher standard to, to us in the Bells, obviously you guys have got a bit more experience, so that kind of transitioning into starting playing games again is slightly different. What does the return look like for you guys? Yeah, so from the 1st of April, we've got a club uh, ready for rugby tournament that we play mixed with the men's first and second team. So we uh, do that every Thursday and then some games are on the Saturday as well to get people down the club and having a look at that as well. Uh, and then we are back into training from the 6th of April. So every Tuesday and every Thursday we train 7.30 till 9. Uh, Tuesdays is more like fitness, conditioning, those kind of things. And on the Thursday uh, we do set play uh, run them through the new laws. Obviously, there's not going to be any malls uh, and no scrums. So just trying to teach the forwards what they can and can't do because uh, they really want to do the malls and the scrums. So, yeah, it's just more the technical kind of stuff on the Thursdays. Uh, and then we've got uh, in May, we've got a game every weekend. So we've got two tens tournaments that we're lining up. Um, I'll be sending information over to you shortly, actually. Uh, and we've got the under-16 and the under-18 Beckenham girls. Uh, we're going to have a little touch tournament with them as well. Uh, nice. They're always uh, coming down, running water for us, and they really want to aspire to play for the ladies uh, when they get older. So we have a little game with them just so they can see where it is that they could get to if they train hard. Was there ever a, because I've heard it certainly from a few clubs where there was a little bit of, should we go back, should we not go back, given the timing and such a short time into pre-season, was there ever a question that you were ever going to return or was it always, yes, we are? Yeah, 100%. The question was there. Uh, we just sat down with the coaches and just thought, what is best for the ladies? Uh, we've got 16 new players this year that have never played rugby or never done contact before. So we had to kind of put their interests ahead of everything else and try and entice them to come back to the game. So we thought games is what we need to do as we don't want to lose those people just because of COVID. Mm -hmm. cool. and, and Matt, our journey has been slightly different to, to Beckenham because we're fairly new um, without a league behind us. Has the kind of plan changed for what that looks like in getting us into a league after having this year off? Uh, no, no, it hasn't really. So our, our plans for the um, in a Warrior League still remain the same for next year um, we had a, probably a similar sort of thought process to, to Brie um, in the sense that games are the best way of allowing people to develop and um, we're really fortunate that Ryan, um, one of the coaches does a lot of work behind the scenes and he managed to get us our two fixtures um, and what we, we really wanted was to allow people a chance to play this year and then use that as for us as coaches a way to see where are our areas for development over the summer because we are going to be running sessions each week over the summer for those that want to attend and then also kind of 
when we start pre-season next year, when we know we're going into a league and we know we're going to have a set block of fixtures, what kind of things do we need to work on? Um, so getting fixtures this side of summer was really important for us. Um, but just back to your question, no, our plans for the league next year remain uh, the same with the Inner Warrior League. So looking forward to that. Fantastic. So from a player's perspective, Millie, the lockdown's had quite a bit of an impact to all of us. Some of us have been training, some of us haven't, some of us have been doing weird and wonderful things. Do you think that the lockdown has changed your feelings about rugby and possibly your goals moving forward? Um, has it changed? I, I don't know whether it's changed my feelings as such. I think it's definitely made them stronger. I think absence makes the heart go stronger, right? Like... Mm. Honestly, it's been difficult. Not, I don't know whether it's, you know, the sport, not, you know, obviously going back previous lockdown, there wasn't even rugby to watch happening. I think this lockdown, it's been great that there's been, um, you know, the women's um, premiership has carried on. We've had rugby to watch, obviously Six Nations going on. Um, but yeah, not playing. It's just, you know, you miss the people, you miss like... There's so many benefits of rugby that you just, you can't get like even, you know, doing the training at home or going out by yourself on the runs. It's just, like, I'm sure everyone's aware that it's just very different. And yeah, just really looking forward to getting back, to be honest. Cool. I know Rach and I have had many conversations via text message and, and in person about our feelings about returning to rugby. You feel slightly the same as well, don't you, Rach? You've got a feeling kind of that wanting to be back on the pitch. Yeah, yeah, definitely kind of echo what Millie just said. It's the benefits of playing in a team um, are just phenomenal. And like, just being able to sort of, even for sort of rookie, you know, beginners like myself, um, just being able to sort of learn some new skills and meet some new people as well. It's, it's, it's just been such a nice experience of what we did last summer. Um, and I think it's really good that we are taking that approach this summer that we're not going to just wait until the season begins next year because you know we're all just dying to get out there on the on the pitch or on the common just to throw a ball about and just you know practice some skills and get our fitness back up um i know my own personal feelings about ready for rugby and i think i've been quite vocal about them especially being a forward um and how the play is adapted and possibly suits many more of the backs than the forwards. Um, do you, Rach, just pointing this at you, do you think there's a possibility that through the restrictions in the phase play that there's possibly a silver lining to it where there's probably an opportunity that a new evolution of a new game can evolve for women that want to get involved that potentially don't want that contact element to it? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think it's it's definitely good to have that middle ground where your your fitness needs to get up so you're doing a bit more running so you're kind of meeting meeting the backs in that way but yeah you're absolutely right especially from follow sort of my age where injuries do happen it has happened um and kind of having that sort of meet in the middle I guess um I it's it's, it's been good to kind of ease ease ourselves into it yeah. Brie, have you seen, because I know Beckenham have held quite a few Ready for Rugby tournaments, have you seen the uptake and the availability of players far higher with the Ready for Rugby than you have, say, with contact? Uh, we have a, a split crowd, I think. So a lot of the forwards struggled with the first version of the Ready for Rugby, uh, obviously because they struggled to keep up. As you said, the backs, it's more... A, um, a fast-paced game. So they struggled with the first version of it. But as soon as the rules came in, 
that when you got touched, you could go to ground like you would in a normal game. I think they found their place a bit better because they felt like it was more a game. Mm. Um, yeah, but they really enjoyed it because it lets them be able to kick as well. So normally in a game, you wouldn't normally see the forwards kicking. Well, I don't know in your games, but in our games, the forwards <laughs> wouldn't really be having a kick through or a chip and chase. But in this game, it allows them to have a go at those skills. So, yeah, they've, they've really enjoyed it. They're looking forward to the contact, but they have enjoyed it in the meantime. Cool, cool. Do you think that the temporary rule adaptations will affect play and selection? I guess coaches aimed at you. Do you think it will change how you, you select teams moving forward? Yeah, we spoke about this yesterday, actually. I had a coaches meeting with my other two coaches and I'm interested to see what people do if they're going to get rid of those front three prop hooker style players and put in the faster players or if they're going to keep the shape so that when rugby does, and hopefully it will, go back to its former glory of the mm. scrums and the malls, then those players won't be out of shape and they'll still be in the game. So we will be looking to still use them. Uh, we may be using them in different positions and they may be doing a lot more running than they're willing to do, but we will definitely still be trying to keep them in the game because rugby's for everyone. So we need to keep them all. Matt, do you have the offering I mean, opinion? Uh, so we, we haven't technically discussed it as coaches, but my personal opinion of it is, very similar to what Breeze just said at the end there, that one of the best things about rugby is that anyone can play it. Like, I come from a family where, like, my dad is relatively big bloke and he still played rugby for a load of years and I'm a relatively smaller bloke and I'm hopefully will play rugby for plenty of years. So different sized people can affect the game in any way that they want to do. And I think knowing that we're going to be returning back to rugby as normal next season, to me, it wouldn't be any benefit to our players to kind of pick a team with, let's say, three back rows in the front row. You're doing, in my mind, we would be disadvantaging the people who would, will be playing those positions next year. And if anything, you'll be giving the back rows who you'd maybe then put in that position uh, a false sense of what the actual game's like. Um, because it, it wouldn't necessarily represent what, what rugby's like. So from my perspective, I think we would pick a team that we would expect if there's uh, scrums, malls, uh, and the game would play as normal. Great. Mm -hmm. um, I know we, we sort of haven't really discovered positions as a team yet, and that's certainly something that we've been thinking about, but I know that you yourself have played in the front row before. How do you feel about the possibility of being left on the bench? <laughs> Fine. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, it's, I guess, that's, I guess, the adaption that we need to to go forward with. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess in a way it kind of drives you a little bit more to get that little bit fitter to keep up. Um, so I think there'll be benefits in that way. So you've got the people that are used to doing the front row and have that skill. Mm -hmm. But what might happen is that their fitness level might increase a bit, which mm -hmm. can really be beneficial. Absolutely. Millie is a back. Do you think there's a bit of an added pressure for you guys to kind of take us forwards? under your wing and getting us fit and healthy again um I, I kind of ship that onto the coaches <laughs> they can do that no I think yeah I think it's like even as a back like obviously the the ready for rugby rules are great um for backs generally like it's a faster game isn't it but I just I as well I miss the contact like I think we would be disadvantaging ourselves like everyone's said pretty much like by taking out those prop hooker positions mm -hmm. 
I think that would, I just don't think that's a good idea. Like you can learn so much. Like, obviously we all want the game to be back to normal as soon as possible, but let's use the time we've got with these rules. We can still be learning like our shapes. We need all our players to be learning that. Like, you know, there's going to be advantages to better fitness for everyone. So like, let's keep it for everyone, you know? Absolutely. Is that the silver lining? Is is the kind of outcome to all of this and the benefit to all of this that actually we're probably going to end up with a much more stronger, fitter, conditioned team than we have probably in previous seasons? But Bri, I don't know if you have an opinion on that. Yeah, no, I think it's, as you, as uh, the guys have said, the game is evolving. So you've got hookers that can run as fast as your centre these days. So, yeah, 100% think we'll have we'll still have all different shapes and sizes because that's never going to change but i do think that the positions will become um fitter they will become quicker and they will become more ball players than just the standard you do this and that's the box that you fit in mm-hmm. matt what's the challenges you think you're going to face as a coach with the following season as a result of covid as in the start of next season um, I would say probably player retention, okay. potentially. Uh, we're fortunate with our club; we've got we get really good numbers down. But I think having had that kind of in out, maybe not having any games, some people might not be able to play uh, in May. They might be away or have other commitments. Mm-hmm. I feel like having such a long period of time between, let's say, just taking up the sport and being able to actually play it, you may we may start to see people. Uh, drop out um, and and maybe see a drop in numbers, mm-hmm. but from a from a gameplay point of view, um, I actually would probably flip that on its head. I'm I'm probably not I don't have any concerns at all. Is that I actually think it's especially for our club. I think it's a really exciting time because we have a really good blend of inexperience to experience. So mm-hmm. being able to have a full season under our belts, from my point of view as a coach, is actually a really exciting time. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. there's certain things that couldn't make go wrong, but yeah, I think. Um, as I've said before, just really looking forward to getting back at it. Fantastic. And staying on, on challenges whilst we're here, I know Beckenham have not just a women's team, they have quite a few teams and you've mentioned and highlighted that you've got the juniors as well. How is this going to affect the minis and the juniors that you have at your club as well? Because that's that takes a little bit more kind of organisation than, than us lot. Yeah, that's something we spoke about in our committee meeting um, on Monday. What we can do, um, obviously, there's a lot of parents worried about safety, worried about bubbles, groups, all that kind of thing. So uh, we're just in chats with the RFU to see what their um, stages are that they're planning. Obviously, we've got the roadmap, which we go along with, um, and we've got safety rules that Beckenham have put in place uh, so that People uh, come to training ready. They have sanitizers and water bottles, and we have people who are looking out um, to like wash the balls and etc. But mm-hmm. from all accounts, uh, the juniors are quite keen, and if not so, their parents are keen to get them out of the house. So I think they're going to be raring to go, and I think it will be. I think it will be good. It'll be good to see everyone back out there. Yeah, I think it will, and I'm. I know all of us are certainly enjoying getting back out there and the possibility of actually seeing other people, which is quite exciting. But uh, Rachel, whilst I've got you here, you've been doing quite a lot of our recruitment recently, so you've had the wonderful experience of dealing with many, many people who are calling and asking weird and wonderful questions. What's recruitment going to look like in the next couple of months for the Bells that maybe is adapted slightly differently to how we would have done it before? 
Um, so I guess throughout the summer, the emphasis will just be on team building. I think it's a lot more rather than come and join us to play. It's a lot more come down and give it a try because we're at a stage now where we can start from the bottom, get our fitness back up, get the skills level back up and just meet new people. And I think the sum, the, the less, there'll be less pressure throughout the summer. I think we've got a few games. Um, we obviously, it won't be full contact either. So people won't be so scared off. Um, so I think that that will be beneficial for us. And do you think that having those sessions, and I know Matt touched on it earlier, having the sessions a bit similar, very similar to what we did last summer, really, on the Common, which was a mixture of learning the basics. Do you think that by doing that, a lot more women and, and girls will be less intimidated to try rugby this year? Oh, 100 percent. 100 percent. I think that's the beauty. That's what I really like about this club is that we do take things back to basics. So there's people that might be a bit scared off um, or come to a session and think, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm just going to not go again. I think with us doing that and concentrating on just making sure that the, the basics are covered, definitely it is a really good retention tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, are Beckenham going through a big recruitment campaign or do you feel that you're at a point where you just need to finish this season and get into next? Yeah, we're always we're always welcoming to anyone who wants to come along. Uh, we've got flyers and stuff that we put out. We're trying to be more active on social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got Amy on there. She's doing a really good job um, just keeping everyone up to date with what it is that we're doing. But I think for the end of the season, I think we're just going to try and get some game time for the ladies, um, introduce those ones that haven't had that rugby time before, and then reset for the next season, have a big um, – a pre-season and then get a big drive going as well so yeah cool whilst we're on the topic pre-season that horrible phrase that we all love Matt what does pre-season look like for the Bells? Uh, probably a lot of running I would imagine. <laughs> no. Uh, no. In, in terms of an actual set structure uh, we've yet to finalize that as of yet um, but from a from a coaching perspective it's going to be I think, as as Rachel's touched on, a lot of time spent on skill development, a lot of time spent, unfortunately for you guys, coughing along up on Clapham Common, I would imagine, um, and a chance for everyone to start building those bonds as a team again. Mm-hmm. So, as I've said, we've got maybe a month and a half, two months now, but then at the start of next season, it is fully into um, a full pre-season into the season. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to try and get a few games in as well give everyone a chance to play, give everyone exposure to rugby if they haven't had a chance to play so far this season mm-hmm. um, and then go from there. Uh, but for us, well, for me personally, we're kind of taking it as a a kind of 18-month progression rather than anything else. So I mm-hmm. want to see where we're going to be at the end of next season rather than at the start of next season because I think as we've touched on, the best way to learn is to play. So where we will be next year will be a will, players will be a completely different animal then um so it's all about seeing how we develop throughout the season absolutely and I think if something I actually watched the other day which was quite a telling point which is making sure that every session people leave happy and if you can achieve that then regardless of what the session involves or or what's happening then everyone's satisfied and you've got a good team behind you I wanted to just briefly touch on something um Millie I'll come to you um is about how the kind of lockdown has impacted 
you personally from a sort of mental health perspective? I know quite a lot of people have either spent the lockdown either alone or not seeing very many family members. Has it affected you much? Do you kind of now at, at this time, and I know you mentioned it at the start, rugby is quite a big part of your lifestyle. How important was rugby and how important has, has your men- keeping your mental health um, up through lockdown been to you? Yeah, gosh, I mean, massive. Like, it's obviously insanely important. Um, I think everyone would be lying if they said that lockdown hadn't affected them in some way. Like, it is a crazy situation that literally no one could have imagined this time last year or when, you know, just before. Um, But yeah, it's just, I think, especially for me, I moved down to London. last September so was just sort of getting into rugby like came along to the bells was meeting a few people like felt like I was making some friends and then obviously like lockdown not (laughs) ideal um yeah I mean it's it's a difficult one because then you have obviously the whole thing of actually it's just quite lonely like you know I'm very lucky that I live with my sister and also another housemate and it's great like we all get along very well um and obviously um, my sister as well plays um so we have been able to like go out throw a ball around we go on runs together so we sort of keep each other motivated but the the thing is as well as well as like obviously it is isolating um being in a lockdown motivation as well to like get out and do exercise and try and keep some level of fitness oh my word (laughs) I find it so difficult I am not someone who would go out by myself like that is why I do a team sport because I like going to training and I like other people being there and you know you're told what to do by a coach and you do it that's great that works for me so not having that was definitely difficult um but obviously like there was lots of other stuff going on I don't know if you're going to speak about that at some point like the sort of training that we did throughout lockdown that sort of thing Um, but that was obviously great having something to work towards something you know feeling part of something again was good. Absolutely. And and quite rightly, you mention it is, you know, through our time through lockdown, what we've managed to do is spend many Thursday nights on a Zoom, whether it's talking about skills or it's running through a weird and wonderful workout um, that someone's put on for 20 minutes. But I know Beckenham have done a lot online as well. How have you found the Zooms being important to sort of keeping the team together through lockdown, Brie? Yeah, I think the, uh, the Zoom's been very in- uh, influential for us. Uh, a lot of the ladies had messaged me privately um, kind of in the middle of lockdown and said they didn't really feel like they wanted to come to the sessions. Um, they were a little bit down um, and some people were struggling with, obviously, the lockdown and COVID itself. So uh, we've been changing up a little bit. With uh, Every Tuesday we do the sessions, uh, so 20, 30 minutes. Uh, a few weeks ago, everybody dressed up, so everyone wore whatever they had around their house that they could find. So that was interesting. We had a four-week challenge where every day uh, we encouraged the teams to do some form of exercise uh, and that exercise would get their team a point uh, and the team at the end that had the most points would win a little uh, party supplied by us so we will send them some alcohol and we had a little quiz uh, to finish that up. So it's mm-hmm. been really good. The people said they feel, they've felt a lot better with that 
um, challenge and some of the teams are actually still doing the challenge even though it's finished because they can just jump in the message they can say I don't feel so good today and because uh, our team isn't really a team it's a family so the everyone's there for each other and they um, help them pick them back up and that's yeah it's been really good for us absolutely and I, I know from our side having that kind of release on a Thursday where you, we can and often I know Matt sat on many of the Zooms where we're all chit-chatting in the background but it, it's been super important for all of us to stay together um, I'm gonna round off the podcast with all the bit that you all wanted and you all hated at the same time which is your <laughs> grassroots rugby hero um, so considering Rachel spent most of today thinking about it I think um so I, I'm gonna say my grandfather um because when I was younger he used to take me to watch Wales a lot um so we'd go down to Cardiff and he'd buy me the, the Welsh jersey and you know we'd get our face painted and yeah I think it, it would go back to that and Millie um I don't know I mean there's lots of family members that I could say um who have definitely encouraged me with rugby um but I'm actually gonna go with my coach from uni she was a student herself and volunteered her time to do it and it was she was amazing like really really amazing um so yeah I'm gonna go with her do I need to say her name as well yeah I don't good think anyone want okay it's Neve McHugh that's <laughs> Neve you're great you're loved yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I've gone for a bit of a copper. I'm gonna go for a group, so I'm gonna pick referees, uh, mainly because I think in my in my playing time I've given them enough grief, so uh, I should probably at least try and give them some uh, some kudos where it's due. But it's just one of my earliest coaches. One of one thing that they, they said that always stuck with me that was that um, if you don't have a referee, you don't have a game. So referees that come in the men's and the women's game all the way down in the lowest tier give up their Saturday afternoons to referee games. Um, maybe get a pint afterwards, but get absolutely harangued for, for 80 minutes on a Saturday is, uh, yeah, something to be admired and maybe something I'll go into when I've uh, given up playing. But... Fantastic. And Brie, lastly. <laughs> I've got two. Uh, obviously, I'm Australian. So when I was in Australia, uh, Joe Thomas, she's the hardest hitting, fittest, she's going to kill me, mum, that <laughs> is the oldest in the team that I've ever met. Uh, she even played through a punctured lung when we were at nationals. Um, so she, like her work ethic and her love for the game was amazing. Uh, obviously, been in England for a few years now, uh, my driving force is my nephew. So little Brax, he always messages me to ask me how many goals I kicked. I don't think he gets it. It's not goals, but that's okay. <laughs> and how many tackles we made. Um, so, yeah, he's always there cheering for us all the way from Australia. So... He's the one that keeps me going. Fantastic. Uh, thank you all for joining me this evening on the podcast. Um, I know that the return is going to bring many of us back together, which we're all excited about. And the next few months is certainly going to be interesting, given it's going to be a slightly different shape to the norm. Um, and many of us, I'm sure, including, well, mostly me, are going to be sat with my head in my hands wondering what the hell I'm doing. Um, <laughs> but guys, you can join us in two weeks where I'll have more guests talking all things women's rugby. And by that point, we'll be back. So um, please Please do keep an eye out for us live in, in two weeks' time and I'll, I'll see you in two weeks. Good night. <laughs>